0: like you've never heard
1: it before, The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com.
2: I'm Gary Hertzberg and this is The Laws of Life on cliffcentral.com. we in Johannesburg, South Africa. Uh, Cliff Central have just redone our main studio. It is magnificent. New speakers, the same Pelesa, the same Lidl, same <laughs> researcher Benji, same me, but the studio is glorious. Welcome to all, you, to all of you.
0: Thank you very much, Gary, and welcome to our guest. The legendary is in the house, but you'll do the introduction.
2: Yeah. Uh, today we have a special man. His name is Dennis Beckett. Who doesn't know Dennis? He's a legal eagle, by by I think, by qualification, advocate-turned-writer, journalist, columnist, commentator. Who can forget that marvelous series that he did called Beckett's Trek? Hmm. Welcome to you, Dennis.
1: Thank you. Nice to be here. And I didn't know that this was a brand new studio, but I have to say I got a good impression.
2: Yeah, we've had this studio for a number of years, but it's been refurbished. Uh, Gareth, Cliff, and Rena Brumberg have put some money into this, so it's mm-hmm. very nice of them. Well, Great. It's, yeah, it's it a nice good feel. Yeah, it is. Lion, do you want to give out some uh, detail?
0: Oh yes uh, If you really have any comments And you would like us to feature Any of your favorite uh, p- uh, personalities in South Africa You can do so by touching base with us On uh, our WhatsApp Twitter handle Oh, Twitter handle Which is H-E-R-T-Z-L-A-W Or they can actually, you can actually email us You'll law, do the yeah,
2: email Law, L-A-W At cliffcentral.com yes. And then our Facebook page The Laws of Life with Gary Hertz.
0: Please do like our page and do give us your comments and feedback in terms of how we are doing. If you really do feel that we need to improve something or you love our status, please just like our page. Thank you very much. Dennis Beckett is described as one of South
2: Africa's finest writers and journalists, a perennial optimist with a keen eye, sharp wit and enormous affection for South Africa, as we all know. Um, you started your career in law, of all uh, things, uh, and then you defected. description wherever it yeah, comes from. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, went to Wits and you did an LLB? Yes, or? I did
1: an yeah. LLB. I got admitted, and that was as far as I've gone. So you, as yeah. you would well know, yeah. the legal system working on a seniority basis, I'm probably now technically the most senior junior in the country.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you said uh, there was less money and status, but... Uh, in, in, in being a journalist But it's, it's stood you it in works good stead for
1: you've, you've, loved you've loved every second of it It works for me I particularly yeah. enjoy having no I um, don't have to come to conclusions That anybody else looks for I can come to entirely my own That's the great beauty of journalism It's a very rare thing by the way yeah. There's, it's, There are not many professions Where you are like paid to find your own answers Dennis Beckett uh, You're close to
2: 70 I believe You don't look it Yeah but, uh, I'm past I am 70,
1: but I mean, yeah. okay. the birthdays happened not long ago.
2: Do you have any regrets about having missed out on the legal field in law? And
1: no, I don't what? think, I don't think I regret that. I, there's various regrets. One is that I've spent far too much time on one particular project that I'll probably talk to you about later. I mean, I, I kind of kicked myself several times about that. Yeah. So I'm not saying that there's no regrets, but I'm not so, I, I knew before I finished studying law, I knew that I wasn't going to practice law. And I said to my dad, halfway through my um, last year, in fact, I said, look, uh, you know, let's quit. And he said, we make a deal. In fact, maybe it wasn't my last year. It was a year and a half to go. Mm. And he said, uh, do it and then do what you want. And so that precisely happened. And he respected me doing what I want. And I was happy to not do law.
2: The Mail and Guardian have termed you, they say, Beckett is at heart a controversialist. What does that mean, really?
1: Are you? That comes yeah. from Bealt. Bealt called me, that gave me a column a long, long time ago called, and they called it, it was something like Vechlistig. Vechlistig. He wants to fight. Mm. And that was because they would made me a kind of a, Bild in those days was a government-supporting newspaper, technically, and I was by no means a government-supporting guy. And I was their honorary, like, liberalist mm-hmm. uh, columnist. And they called it Fechlustig, And so that Fechlustig became quite a thing but i 'm not really factless. I just want to stand up for what I want to stand up for, and that's all it's and if it's there's some guys who are contrarians by nature by purposefully contrarians yeah, that towards whatever the you say, they'll towards say everyone. The yeah, absolutely. I will only yeah. say the opposite of I believe the opposite, but if I do believe the opposite, I won't like pandit to you having the popular view and me not having one for many, many
2: years uh, you edited. A leading magazine. Uh, this was in in the bad times, mm. uh, definitely during apartheid. Frontline, mm-hmm. and many of our older listeners will remember you. Frontline won numerous journalism mm-hmm. awards. You were the editor and owner. Mm. Tell us a bit about it. I know that you were closed down by the security police. We weren't all were closed down.
1: Yeah. We were, no, that's not yeah. true. That's yeah. these are, oh, so much gets exaggerated about the old days, <laughs> not only in this respect, yeah. all over the place. The old yeah. days gets massively exaggerated these days. Yeah. But um, I got several banning orders. The banning orders were a serious major nuisance. Um, which, by the way, was quite unusual. Yeah. For most publishers, a uh, publications act like banning order wasn't a big nuisance. For some of them, like the sexy banning orders, it meant they whooped because people would – what would happen was that on maybe like March the 12th, uh, on Friday, March the 12th, there would be an article in the Rand Daily Mail. that had a fixed little place on a Friday to tell you what had been banned that week. And you'd see there that they'd say Scope had been banned. Scope, yeah. volume 14, edition 32. No, they showed one
2: woman's nipple and it got There banned. we are. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: except that it was like bigger or brassier or prouder or something nipples than before, or there was some reason why they'd picked on that one. Yeah. And so when the banning order came, all sorts of people would rush off to their local cafe and uh, CNA or whatever to go and look for a scope. Now, meantime, oh. what has happened is that now... Nah, May the 12th May the 20th Months after the time that that edition has been banned Mm -hmm. So people go rushing off and buy the current edition The banned one has already been popped and gone And nobody's ever going to see it again So it was quite perverse Yeah, And just more briefly the other banning orders were political banning orders. Nearly all the uh, publications that got banned were supported by some branch of some brand of income from abroad. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you did when you got banned is ring your, your sponsors in America or in uh, Berlin or very frequently Sweden, Stockholm, whatever, and say, Hey, look, they, you know, the government's running scared. Look what they had to do to us. So kindly double our, our um, support. Mm-hmm. I was the one and only guy who, who was sustained by South African advertising and South African clients and no grant. Money, and when I got banned, it really, really hurt because all the advertisers pulled out.
2: How did the banning order work? Was it a was it a gazetted uh, a quick gazetted uh, banning order? Yeah. Is it mm. so the government or whoever it was, Publications Board, mm. said we don't want this article and we're going to ban it? Or give so us um, an idea yes, of what they were banning. That's in. about yeah. right.
1: That's yeah. exactly right.
2: So I mean, you it it was tough to run a, a newspaper or a publication. During this time, look, we talking the 80s,
1: 70s. What 80s. 80s? There were two regimes. There was one regime for the big and established publications, which were involved, which were members of the newspaper press union. Mm. For them, you needed like major, big league heavyweight stuff, which happened in the case of, for example, The World, the paper, the forerunner of what is now the Sowetan, That was famously banned on October the 19th, 1977. Now, that was a a declaration by a minister, and in terms of, uh, I think, the suppression of communism or one of those acts, it was a different deal altogether. So to ban the members of the newspaper press union was big stuff. Banning the non-members was like routine stuff. And sometimes, as I said, there would be a little list on a Friday morning in the Red Lady mail, mail exactly on the same place on the front page. And sometimes it was a long list. There could be 30, 40, 50 publications banned in a, in a, one week.
2: The Frontline uh, was – for how many years did you own it and, and run it? Twelve. Twelve. Eventually, it was absorbed by… Nope, no, but eventually it packed in. Uh, it, okay. was,
1: it was never a viable economic proposition. It was yeah. It was on the edge from start to finish. You just enjoyed having just a, a go
2: in. at the government at the time, didn't you?
1: Uh, yeah, well, it was yeah. definitely anti-apartheid. I mean, the, the oddity, but then again, so was everything. Um, yeah. The oddity at that stage is that I was… Then and now, I was not into the idea of dumping on the government. I wanted people in the government to read it and pay attention to something. Mm. And I did that from start to finish.
2: You wrote a book, I think, on on the front line, if if I'm not mistaken. I think, uh, is it not called Radical Middle?
1: Radical Middle, yeah, Yeah. sort of on front line. It's a kind of a memoir of a period which largely covers the front line era.
2: The many books you've written, are they available still or can one Uh, struggle to get them?
1: I think the… Probably the, the practical answer is no. I mean, I've got copies of all of them. Anybody wants them, they're welcome. <laughs> but um, there were they, they, you can't buy. You can't walk into a bookshop now and say, "Give me one." Give How me many a books have you little, written, then? Nineteen. Well, Jeez,
2: I know there's one that you wrote about uh, a white man walking. It was actually one?
1: a book. That was an article. That, that was, was article. a yeah, 60 was, pages
2: or something. I don't know if it was yeah, quite an article.
1: It was, it was a long article. I loved yeah. that, actually. In fact, that's yeah. one of the... Tell us a bit about you, that book. That was... That article. I went to um, Cato Manor in Durban. Oh. I went at the request of the Cato Manor Development Organ- Association mm-hmm. who'd put millions of not only rands but dollars, pounds, marks, the lot into a Cato Manor development thing. And they wanted some... They wanted some fresh view, if you like. They called it the view from the street. Yep. And they had all their reports from the, or the sociological expert and the medical expert and the uh, all the education, the lot, and they wanted something different. So I gave them something that seriously was different. And um, I just enjoyed that. It was just lovely. I had just three wonderful days walking around Keita Manor being odd. I mean, you know, some pale person just strolling through the streets of Keita Manor wasn't conventional.
2: One of the reviews says it's deliciously pioneering. It symbolizes Africa's clock turning forward. Nice review. You're so talking right? of the white man that, walking, is it? Yeah. That so? yeah oh, really? Okay, good. Yeah. That's nice. I you don't know how good your reviews review. are. No. No.
1: no.
0: Lange, you been there? Um not quite I haven't actually read it, but i'm um, just no, have you no. been
2: to the to cater Ridge that area no, no no
0: but i just I'm just so fascinated i mean you 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 you're giving a synopsis of the history back in the days and i'm just thinking about the history that is actually happening now. do you see any similarity Being
1: Look, it's all part of a continuity. My understanding is that the world moves forward, but it moves—it doesn't move in one nice long straight line. It moves forward bit by erratic bit in turning and circling and tumbling and somersaulting, and we move forward. Where we move forward, if I could really sum up maybe a large thing briefly, we move forward in terms of the relationships between people. That to me is the thing that matters most about a nation or about humanity, is, is how people are relating to people. That is not necessarily reflected in the politics of the, uh, around you, but there are ways in which it impacts. So my sense is that our relationship as as people, South African people, is great. I think it's a wonderful relationship. There's no place I can go to now where I'm not going to expect a fine relationship with the people around me, mm. and that to me has worked greatly forward what hasn't worked very much is the politics The politics goes in much more jagged circles we had lousy politics then we got lousy politics now
2: while we're talking politics let's talk about a book that you wrote called demogarky
1: demogarky mm. um
2: it's putting politics in in its place i think that's really what's what 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 the said, slogan yeah is, the yes. slogan Give us an idea. I mean, you 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 were very kindly lent me a copy, and I waded through it. It's not very long. It's so interesting. Waded through it. Uh,
1: through it. I, must, I don't think I, I, I
2: want to quote it. No, my no, name. you can. At <laughs> it's <laughs> a tiny little book. You can put it. Well, it's tough. Dennis, I've got to compliment you. I mean, it's it's well thought out. It's tough reading. You you can't watch TV and read this. At no, the same you can't time. do that. That's true. Uh, you even write. You said that if anyone doesn't finish the uh, something about you'll give their money back if they uh, <laughs> if they don't. Finish the book, or something? No, did I it?
1: say that? Yeah. I said I think if they did finish the book and they didn't believe that there was a better way of making things work than we do now, then then I'd give them their money back. Anybody, this is you get, this is in fact you got to you, the end and you don't think that you can have this your is what money you back? Said, no, I don't want my money back. <laughs> I didn't pay for it. You've said that if a reader <laughs> reads the whole book,
2: they won't uh, they won't think rubbish. Not that you'll sing. I call it Hazonis, yes. But if you still think rubbish, I'll send your money back. That's a challenge. No, there we are. Yeah. I'm glad you remind me of that. That's <laughs> quite good. That's nice.
1: I would do yeah. that. If you get to the end of that book, anybody who starts that, yeah. there's a long history of like private patriots in suburban studies, as I've put it, I think, in that book, yes. coming up with political panaceas. And, of course, they all bull. And this is one, and it's just not bull. You have to, it takes quite some time before you realize that it isn't bull. A lot of the ones that are really pointless, when you sit around, there's so many dinner parties that I've sat around, and I'm quite sure you have as well, where somebody's saying, the way to fix everything is this. And they've got it there in five minutes' time. It's something like a qualified franchise or a a committee of wise men or something. You must, uh, you must take politics away from this dreaded thing, the people who make all these mistakes and vote for wrong parties. You must take it away from from them and give it to some brainy guys. And then there's, <laughs> Now, all those things are disasters. I mean, they're all wonderful dinner party conversation for those oh. who believe them. And everybody goes, I'm thinking, oh, yes, there's hope, there's hope. But the moment you've walked two steps in that stuff, it falls apart. Now, what I've been telling you there, Gary, in that book, is pretty much the opposite. At the beginning, it's a little difficult to figure out What is this guy saying? That's why I make the point that if you read that whole book and you still think that there's nothing in it, that's when you get your money back. But actually, the next step, which is coming up now, goes a long way further. I'm not going to give you your money back if you don't think there's something in it. Yeah. I'm going to give you your money back if you, if you don't swallow it. If well, I'd like to recommend, Dennis,
2: I'd like to recommend this book. I know Lionel's a, an avid reader. Yeah. Demogarchy, I'll, lines, yeah. this is for you next. Thank you. Uh, to get a copy of this, we'll give our Dennis' you better, details. You better move yours along. You yeah. don't have to give that one back the, to me. I've, made, I've <laughs> made a few notes in the book. I hope Dennis doesn't mind, but uh, we won't get through it. Um, There's no such word as demogarchy. That's your word. Quickly, just in a nutshell. All right. All right.
1: Why do you know anarchy means the rule of none? You know... Uh, oligarchy means the rule of few you know monarchy means the rule of one why do mm. you not know demagarchy mm. because there's never actually been the rule of all yes. what we have is a kind of a baby steps towards it that we call democracy that isn't really rule we're told now we're mm. told all of us uh, are told Palessa and Lionel mm. as well as Gary here and everybody sitting outside and everybody listening we're all told you, we, the people, rule mm. well what do you rule? What can, Where can you use your vote to achieve something that you want out of society? Can you get a speed dump put in your road by using a vote for this purpose? Mm-hmm. If there's guys who say, yes, we happy, and other people who say, no, we don't want the speed dump, is there some way that you can use your, quote, power, unquote, as a citizen to resolve that? No, there's nothing. There's no single, there's no place in this society, and I mean, I should think any society in the world, where someone on the political pyramid, someone with the ability to allocate, to make public decisions, is scared of any one of us, of our vote. Nobody that we can go to and say, listen, if you don't do X or Y or Z, we're going to take our vote and give it to the opposition. They'll laugh. If there's a million of you, then they won't laugh. But then that's making decisions to please um, categories and uh, segments of society, not to please you or your so, in a
2: way. nutshell, democracy means that uh, the people are rulers of
1: yeah. of of the leaders, really. The people, yeah. uh, yes. The problem, a a big part of the problem with demagoguery is as soon as people hear that, they think, yeah, well, of course, that's bull. Because Mm. the idea is – it's been frequently said that, uh, of course, you can't have the government of the people, by the people, for the people, because all those things are impossible. The people can't be governing. Mm. So that's why you have to actually read the book before it can make any sense to you. And we won't – I won't – you won't – Well, I'd love love to continue this
2: discussion, but we have to move on. Everyone's wanting to know about – Beckett's Trek that was on TV I remember seeing it everyone's seen it Um, you came in then in 1994
1: tell us about Beckett's Trek I loved that it was a great time we all loved it it we really loved it was a very funny thing it was also very unfair in a way I had done, I'd been a print journalist I mean I'd been a writing guy all along That'd mm. been my business, I'd never had anything to do With any of these electronic goodies, goodies That we're sitting in front of our mouths Now, but I Then um, at, uh, The SABC3, which was at that stage A tiny, it's then, even now it's a tiny Little channel, but at that stage it was tiny And it was called NNTV, I forget what the N stood for And That was the smallest, the little baby of the SABC fold. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, the chap who'd recently been appointed uh, economics editor had a kind of an implosion. He decided he just couldn't do it one morning. It was a Tuesday morning. He couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And he phoned me and he said, please, will I go and... economics editor for a program called Face the Facts. Mm -hmm. The gimmick was that we had a fax sitting there and people were meant to be able to ask their questions and I'd reel them off the fax and then read out the question and then put it to whoever the Minister of Finance as it sometimes was or Mm -hmm. some financial spokesman speaking to me. Mm -hmm. I have to say here I know nothing about finance. There's nobody in this country who understands finance less than me. (laughs) So it it was quite, it wasn't an elite program. It was like, you know, this was dumb people being represented by a dumb person asking the minister of finance the dumb questions that you're scared to ask him and then uh one day i get to my it's a tuesday i get to my office there's a message i've been doing the face of X now for six or eight months there's a message saying you don't need to come in tonight we've canceled the program so i phone uh, i write to the then general manager i say listen i you know you want to cancel the program is your business but hell this is not the a very polite way of cancelling the program. Right. So he says, "Sorry, sorry, sorry." He says, "By the way, have you got any idea? We got something. We've got to do something else to fill that space." Mm. So I said, "Well, why don't you have some guy wandering around the country being a little bit irreverent?" He says, "Yeah, good." And that started. That was wow. seven years that that thing that thing operated. Where did you so get? So it started in, the next yeah. week. That was a Tuesday. Mm. That Tuesday they had made some excuse. They had something else on the on at that time, mm. and then from the next Tuesday I did it for. Well, uh, there were series over seven years. Uh,
2: I remember seeing, I mean, I saw you in every one of them, but one of them was you at a rave of all things. There was a, that was the golden years of the rave and you landed up in a rave. I think you probably quite enjoyed that one. I went with my daughter and Uh, I came away (laughs) saying that
1: I'm quite happy for my daughter to go to the rave, which wasn't what. I was in a sprightly youth of about 50 or something, I suppose. Yeah. And it wasn't what like a 50-year-old was supposed to say. You know, you were meant to say, oh, this a terrible, horrible stuff. And oh, yeah. uh, well, so um, I was never sorry, and she was never sorry. You were always controversial, <laughs> Well, I did believe I went to this (laughs) rave. It was enjoyable. I'm sure some people were smoking dope somewhere and and taking ecstasy and stuff like that. But they they didn't. I don't know. And by Mm -hmm. the way, it did strike me that there's one point to be made in favor of ecstasy as compared or maybe dope as opposed to the tipple that the traditionals amongst us are allowed to have as much as we like of, Mm -hmm. provided we don't get behind the steering wheel. The one difference is that we're seeing two telegraph poles. The guys on the ecstasy and the dope, I um, understand, are seeing one telegraph bell. You don't, you, your vision doesn't disappear out of you. <laughs> they, yeah, you,
2: I, I, I think it was Mail and Guardian again. They quoted. Well, they they wrote a review and they said that you are quirky, opinion, opinionated, sometimes angry, and a journalist with attitude. That's what you wanted to hear. I've never yeah. seen that either. You've yeah. got a wonderful collection here, whatever you've
0: been doing. We do our research. We, research. On our research <laughs> we do our research, yeah. We, could. we Dennis, go all out.
2: wonderful time in your life, those seven
1: years? Oh, yes, I love that
0: time. Where, did you, where,
2: did, where were you taken to all over the country, I think you do?
1: It wasn't only the country, it was anywhere. We did it all mm. over the world. We went to India, we went to Nigeria, we went to Britain, we went to Australia, we went to Cuba. We had a wonderful time in Cuba. I couldn't believe yeah. the Cuba time. And, um, by the way, Cuba was so honest and upright about this thing. Mm. Another government, Malaysia, had asked me a couple of weeks before, had said, you know, come and do a program on us. So I said, yes, fine, thanks, that's great, lovely idea. I'd like to see the following guy, the following guy, the following guy, the, and which who included people who didn't agree with the government. And then Malaysia promptly canceled the invitation. Cuba... Gives me the invitation. Cuba then being a classic, one of the three, I think, or four remaining at the time communist states, says, um, come and have a look. And I say, well, I want to see this guy, this guy, this guy. And they didn't blink an eyelid. They said, sure, come. And they never interfered with anything that I had to do. Well, I'm not yeah. saying Cuba was a great place it had its pluses and it also had its minuses but it was just to me a really interesting experience being there.
2: So many of these programs have been replicated but not uh, no one goes to the depth that you did and uh, I mean I don't want to blow smoke up your ass but you really did a great well, job uh, in in doing so. that it was really you know it was a cut above so interesting
1: research. To me, the, yeah. the distinguishing feature I think yeah. between mine and the others is a lot of places have been to... Um, you know, you'd get onto a, onto okay, I, the image that I'm particularly thinking of is a bit of a rude image. I'm thinking of getting onto a river of shit, okay? In <laughs> Nigeria, in Lagos. I mean a yeah. little canoe thing on a river of shit. The river is full of shit. The river is shit. Uh, feces, if you like. But that's yeah. what the river is. Yeah. And um, okay, so a lot of people have done the stuff of going to the odd place. But I don't frankly think that there's been that much in the way of asking the offbeat question or coming at it from a funny angle
2: yeah you're now doing stoop talk which mm. was done by who before? james
1: clark for 22 years yeah
2: hopefully you'll do it for 22 years hey, in your 90s. Uh, <laughs> james
1: clark was only 60 when he started <laughs>
2: <laughs> lovely column uh, pick it up uh, to our listeners it's in the, the independent online yeah the it's in the, the oldest i
1: think i'd oh. love somebody to be able to either confirm or correct this but I think it's the oldest column in South Africa at this point. The, yeah. the coastal papers being older papers, but I don't think any one of them has had a column of more than 100 years old. How, no. how tricky is it to think of a new column
2: every week? You've got to think of a new subject. How Look, you, yeah. I,
1: this must be the, uh, the, uh, my, at least the 20th series of columns that I've done. Mm. And I've now like borne into the fact that I'm not, I don't get, my pulse doesn't accelerate about column deadline approaching. Mm. There's never a problem in finding a subject. The problem is making something of the subject, making it make sense in 600 words. Mm. Frequently, the column is reducing it from a 1,000 to 600 because in a 1,000, you can say what you want to say. Now you've got to reduce it and fit it into the space. That's quite mm. a good discipline. Okay. We haven't got much time
2: left. Talk to us about um, what you're up to. Can we get you to talk to us to speak to the public are you on the on the speakers list uh, i have
1: i used to be i yeah if anybody wanted me to speak, I would, I suppose. If well, I maybe you've gone
2: a bit underground and people have forgotten about you. Well, it. Yeah. wait
1: a little bit because the yeah. thing that you were talking to- yeah, people have forgotten. Yeah. That's absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. And that's fine mummy. me. But, um, no, it shouldn't be because you've got a lot to nah, contribute. Come on, Derek. Yeah. That celebrity yeah. thing never hung with me. It's, it's, it's not so celebrity. Cool, it's just,
2: It's. That I mean, it's, you have, You walk around with this wealth of, uh, of knowledge on every topic. Well,
1: just returning to where you went to, that thing about demagogy. I cannot tell you how much time I spent on this. It's It's absolutely upsetting the quantity of time. But Mm. it does come to a conclusion uh, in not a long time, Gary. I'm going to be presenting that thing in a way that you're going to not just say, hmm, this is interesting, hmm, this is interesting. You're going to say, yes, that's where we want to go. This could go anywhere. And then I'll be damn talking about that book. That book
2: you should be discussing uh, in in, in Europe and all over. That's not just confined to.
1: That demagoguery that right. was only about the eighth book in the series, I think, on, yeah. on okay. how to make politics work. Yeah. I've now gone several steps further, and each step gets the increase, the, the gradient gets a hell of a lot higher. I'm in a much more advanced place now, and it's about to emerge. Okay, if we want to get hold of Dennis Beckett, where do we... i uh, um, yeah. dbeckett at .za. No website to anything like that. Yeah, well, there sort of is, but I don't really watch it very much. And I, I'm Facebook. It's terrible. I just the other day. No, I've I've sent you a friend and request and you ignored it. Been, You've got I, have you over? I
2: think you're over your limit. You're up to five thousand. just yes. Five thousand friends. Yeah. I think you could get too many more. Just <laughs> accept my friend request Unless you don't want to be friends with me. I wouldn't <laughs> No I'm not sure
1: whether you or I get a Malax Lionel for that.
2: We've run out of time. I think we could have gone on for a while. Thank you so much, Dennis Beckett. Uh, Gareth Cliff, I think, wants to speak to you as well, so you'll be back and, that's uh, great. Yeah, that's great. great. Well
1: I've met you guys now. Yeah. Nice to know you. Yeah, thank, thank you. T- you. Thank,
2: thank you for, you, for being on the Laws of Life. We've got 10 seconds if And
0: we've we got a, a WhatsApp From Linda Kumalo Who says she's enjoying Our podcast She's Excellent. listening live Thank you very much For your support Linda Kumalo Good Keep We better it.
2: go Thanks for mm. this Bye
0: Great Thanks Cliffcentral.com.